Zach Wilson, I think, can actually be a league winner, right? Like, I think that Zach Wilson can actually be that go-to guy. And, you know, you probably made that – you probably got that championship belt last year, right? We oh, went yeah. from, Kings? from trophies yeah. – dude, the Kings belt. Like, that. I saw that belt. I didn't realize how heavy that belt was. That's a big sucker, man. You see the picture I tweeted my grandma with it? <laughs> no, I missed that. That's awesome. It was was so she able funny. to pick it up, or did you have to like put it on like her shoulder? She was outside, and she's like freaking ninety. Like she was outside just watering the flowers, and I was like, "Oh, Oma, like come look at this belt real quick." I was just gonna show it to her, and she takes it and throws it on her shoulder, and is like, "Walking <laughs> Dude, around that thing's with like forty-five pounds or something." I know. I was heavy. like, "I was like, oh my, that thing weighs half your freaking size." Like, what are you doing? 10 out of 10 for me, man. That shit was legit. I We did a bulk order, I think, because like the past champions were able to uh, apply for it. So yep. it was a hundred bucks each, man. Hey, I, you know, I, I lose a hundred bucks on a, on a regular UFC card trying to trying to bet on whatever's going on. So at least that one gets to uh, stay in my mantle for a while. So trophysmack.com. Dude, they got these trophies that are like three or four feet tall. Like they're insane. You can get one like fishbowls on it. You can get one with like bobbleheads on it. It is sick, man. You guys got to go check out trophysmack.com. I mean, you heard it. Ian didn't even know. And he literally vouched for the company without even knowing the news vouching for it. Go check out trophysmack.com. While you're there, go enter in promo code CIRCLE. Once again, that's promo code CIRCLE. You will get a free ring valued at 60 bucks. So go check out trophysmack.com. Go enter in the promo code CIRCLE to get your free ring. Let's go ahead. You ready to kick the show off? Yeah, let's go. All right, let's get this show moving. This is Fantasy Intervention. Your fantasy life, Chase Vernon. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on into yes, another episode of Fantasy Intervention. We are here. We are here for your waiver wire needs. And yes, it's not just me. I am joined with my special guest, Britt. Flynn over there on Twitter. You guys can find her at Brit underscore Flynn. Once again, that's at Brit underscore Flynn. How you doing tonight, Brit? What you got going on? I'm so good. How's it going with you? Going pretty well. Uh, obviously, we we just got done talking about how we're excited for week two, the over-under. So I've been writing articles. Dude, everything has just been falling on my plate, but I'm excited. I love doing it. Like That's what I'm here for. So this uh this DFS piece that I'm writing for player profiler this week, I mean, with the over-unders, like I don't know where I can stop writing. It's just been just nonstop all day hammering out stats, facts, everything from this past week. It's been fun. But you're writing one too, aren't you? Yeah, um, I'm doing a weekly DFS value article. Um, I'm not the greatest at DFS, but I do love a good value. <laughs> so I'm like, ooh, they're cheap, they're cheap, they're cheap. They should go off. Like, it's kind of fun. Yeah, no, Just I in, like uh, my thrift store nature, I guess. I love, uh, you know, the the values, of course, that you can find. Like, you know, we we're sitting there looking at values this past week. And I mean, Jalen Rager was fire. There is values everywhere. Elijah Moore obviously went off. But 
I'm sure that there's going to be some gems. You guys need to go check it out over there on Twitter with all of her articles and pieces. She has some value pieces coming up that I am very, very excited to check out. But we've got a show to get to. Before we do, I do want to bring up real quick to go check out Thrive Fantasy, thrivefantasy.com. If you guys go check out Thrive Fantasy, they actually have prop bets that are, are happening. Like Alvin Kamara was one of the ones from this past week that I was telling everybody to smash the over on. And if you go on Thrive Fantasy, right, and you go play these prop bets, super fun game. You guys make a deposit. Whatever you deposit, up to 100 bucks, they'll actually match it if you use promo code Marcus. So go check it out, thrivefantasy.com. Use promo code Marcus because everybody in fantasy football discussion knows that we love to beat up on Marcus. So go check it out, thrivefantasy.com. Now, we got a couple questions coming in the chat already. Fantasy football discussion, you guys keep us busy. Keep these questions going. Mike, I see you in the chat, by the way. And I actually almost played your video instead of doing the Thrive promo post, like the, the read itself. I almost played your video instead, and I feel like I should have done it. And now I'm mad that I didn't because you're in here right now. But back to IU real quick. Obviously, Debo Samuel smashed faces this past week. Uh, George Kittle did pretty well himself. Uh, you know, this is something as to where a lot of us were saying fade Brandon Ayuk because not only does he deal with injuries himself, but it could end up being a reduction in volume. Now, Brandon Ayuk goes out there, obviously didn't even have a day. So are you somebody that's looking at Brandon Ayuk as somebody that you want to, you know, play moving forward or keep on your roster? Or what are you doing with Brandon Ayuk? See, I'm kind of a the same mindset. I think that Ayuk only saw the opportunity that he did last season because of the injuries to Debo Samuel and to Kittle and, you know, just the mess that was San Francisco last season. And um, I'm just, I honestly don't think I have him in a single fantasy lineup or a single <laughs> roster. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily intentional, but I'm not upset that I don't have him because I just don't think that he's going to deliver value at what his ADP was and all the hype around him was this season. Yeah. I mean, Ayuk was tough, like with how high he was going, he was going that high because guess what? They didn't have anybody last year to yeah. play to the pro to with that being said, don't dump Ayuk. Please don't dump Ayuk because we don't know what's going to happen with the 49ers. We never do when it comes to their injuries. I mean, we're oh, Debo's seeing... always hurt. Debo's always yeah. hurt. So he's going to have opportunity at some point. It's just not somebody I would start on a yeah. week to week, you know, and obviously you probably drafted Ayuk, you know, in the, the top half of the draft. So yeah, you're not going to dump him right off the bat because of one, you know, subpar performance. However, when it comes to just rolling them out in your lineups, be very cautious if Debo and or George Kittle are healthy uh, moving forward. Now we do have a few of these people in the chat that want to know about some of these uh, other players and we're going to get to them throughout the show. We have Tim Patrick queued up. We have KJ Hamler queued up. We have Eliza, Elijah Mitchell. Um, but I will answer some questions that we don't have as we go. Just if you don't have a question answered, just know that we actually will have them covered in the chat. We're not just going to skip over your questions in here. So let's start it out with your biggest surprise from week one. You know, where you thought that uh, something you didn't expect to happen that actually happened. Well, I really, so I don't know if you've, read any of the articles, but I did have Jameis Winston as a DFS value week one, just because his salary was at 5,500. But I did not think he was going to go off for five touchdowns. Like what happened with that game? Aaron Rodgers just pooped the bed. Like 
it was it was insane. I loved it, but it, I did not expect it. Yeah, no, and for Jameis Winston to throw those five touchdowns, he only had what like 140, 143 or something 143. like that, like something crazy. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny because in our weenus division, I actually was sitting there talking about it, how like you know that's this charity league that we play in, and Jameis Winston somehow in this charity league, so you get all sorts of crazy points, threw for five touchdowns, and still was the lowest scoring quarterback on the week. So. Yeah, that was definitely interesting. Uh, Jameis Winston with his LASIK surgery up against the Packers, who are actually pretty good up against the pass, at, at least over the past few years they have been with Jair Alexander. But Marquez Callaway didn't do too hot in this matchup. You know, is this something else where you think they were trying to control the ball more often so they didn't take downfield shots to Marquez Callaway? Where do you think this, uh, you know, this actually leads Marquez Callaway in the future? I'm still in on Callaway. I think, you know, I've, uh, I don't know. I thought he could do better than what he did, but I don't think he's complete, completely washed at this point. Like Michael Thomas, you know, in addition to the ankle surgery and all the injury issues and the drama going on in new Orleans, he got put on the COVID list today. There's an outbreak among like the offensive line coaches in new Orleans. Like there's going to be opportunity for Callaway. I'm not ready to, to just uh, throw him out in the wash yet. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the show because we got waiver wires to talk about. And the first one up is Jameis Winston. He's rostering 30% of the leagues, right? So obviously he was the best uh, the best quarterback on the field out playing Rodgers like we talked about. Uh, only 14 attempts. It was 35.7% of his passes went for touchdowns. Jameis Winston, like you said, you know, Marcus Callaway should see opportunities. Is Jameis Winston going to play like this every week, or is this going to be the same boomer bust Jameis Winston that we've seen over the past, what, four or five years now? I don't know if he'll throw five touchdowns every single week, <laughs> but, um, you know, that's kind of a, a high bar. But um, I think he's doing really well with Sean Payton, and I think Sean Payton has developed him, and he's, you know, had a year as a backup to work the playbook, to – learn the system. And he's also matured as a, as a person and a player. So I also don't think um, Peyton's going to let him just sling, you know, downfield. He's got Kamara. He's got Tony Jones. Like there's a much more balanced offensive attack in new Orleans than there was in Tampa when Jameis was there. So he has that kind of option to, to read the defenses and check out, you know, of a pass play or scramble if he wants to do that or whatever. And so I think he's going to do really well this season. I'm kind of sad that I didn't get him in several leagues. So this is my take on it. If you're in a single quarterback league, I'm actually leaving him on the waivers. I'm not going to stream him. I'm going to leave him on the waivers. His upcoming schedule is extremely, uh, extremely tough. He's got Carolina, who's my sleeper defense of the year. Uh, they played pretty well this past week. We have New England, who we all know is good up against the quarterback. We have the Giants, who their secondary is majorly improved. Um, you know, didn't look like it as much this past weekend, but yeah, it's, it's a little improved. I'll say then sure. they have Washington and then they have a bye. after that. They got Seattle, such a good matchup. And then they have Tampa Bay after that. But uh, for me, Jameis Winston, I'm going to let him sit on the waivers. I'm going to let him marinate. Uh, I'm not going to go and spend a bunch of fab on him. I'm going to see if he makes it past the waiver wire. So that way we can actually try and grab him and not have to spend those fab bucks. That's where I stand with Jameis Winston. Are you going to go out there and grab him if you're streaming tight ends in a single quarterback league? Uh, I've, yeah, I mean, I think you almost have to 
just I'm a very big believer in kind of grabbing waivers, even as a defensive mechanism against like other players in your league. And I would kick myself if he just goes off and I let somebody else grab him. You know, I think at this point, benches are deep enough. You have enough like unproven players on your bench that you could. I mean, you can deal with having him sit on your bench for two weeks to see what do. Well, would you rather have him or Taylor Hineke? Because that's number two on the list for a lot of people's waiver wire targets. Are you making a play for Hineke with that rushing upside, you know, with that that uh, play up against Tampa Bay in the playoffs? I'm uh, in a two-quarterback league, super flex kind of thing like that. Yes, just because there's so few options out there at this point. But in a one-quarterback league, like, I'm just going to let him chill. So I just two quarterback- I can't. Yeah, I'm going to let him lie in single quarterback leagues. But in two quarterback leagues, like you talked about, I would put, I think I believe I have like 15% of my fab budget on him, especially if you got, you know, the short end of the stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, a lot of people ended up trying to draft Fitzpatrick later on in their drafts, going with just two quarterbacks and, you know, playing that upside. Fitzpatrick, man, he's not going to make it. He's he's not going to make it behind this makeshift offensive line. I know he's done it for many, many years, but you can't be – you know, what is he, 39 now, I believe, 40 years old and, and getting hit constantly. And, man, Charles Leno just opened up that door and, and let the, the defensive end in. That was bad. And I was right. so excited for McLaurin having Fitzpatrick. You know, I was thinking like vintage a la Fitzmagic, Deshaun Jackson days, and then week one just comes to crush your hopes. No, absolutely, and it happens every single year. What was it, Big Ben and I think Drew Brees last year, week one? But, no, we have – uh, Jared Goff is another guy where, you know, it's floating around and I really wanted to traff trash Jared, Jared Goff and like, you know, say, what are you doing picking up Jared Goff? But the way they operated the system, it's reminiscent of the new Orleans saints, of course, and getting the ball in your playmakers hands. And it looked like they had two Alvin Kamara's and Jamal Williams and Jerondre Swift, not just one, but he threw for 338 yards, three touchdowns. Hawkinson was a major player in this offense and this division doesn't have the best defenses up against pass catching running backs. If you guys go back and revisit Joe's score, is Jared Goff somebody that you could actually see yourself picking up off waivers? I hate it because the 49ers defense was supposed to be good, right? Like everyone was like, fade Swift, fade like Williams, Jared Goff sucks, blah, 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 blah. And then he came out and did this. And it was like, what happened? Um, their offensive line is really, really, really good. Um, shout out Frank Ragnall, Arkansas boy, highest paid center in the league. Protect your boy, Ragnall. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I think maybe behind that line that Goff could be good. And again, like I'm not rushing to dump anyone, but if you have somebody who, you know, was just a late round flyer that you don't really need, you have depth that in some position, like pick him up, see if he continues this performance. Everyone thought Detroit was going to be really bad and they almost shamed the 49ers they almost made it they almost got there they didn't quite get it but they just started to see like the momentum pick up for this team which is something that i think could actually take over and i wrote how when jared goff actually t- uh, targets the tight end last season i gotta find it it's somewhere on twitter but uh yeah no when jared goff targets the tight end he's actually overly efficient and he did it with guys like tyler higby with guys like gerald everett uh, i think johnny mont was the other one and it's like Dude, now that he has Hawkinson, like we could be talking some big time, big time moves. And Jared Goff's upcoming schedule is not that bad. I mean, he's got Baltimore, who's tough. We just saw what Derek Carr did up against him 
although it was, you know, a lot of it coming in overtime and, and in the fourth. But uh, following that, we have, where are we? We've got Baltimore, yeah, who we just talked about. Green Bay, who just got torched by Jameis Winston for five touchdowns. Chicago, Minnesota, Cincinnati. Sure, they have the Rams, and then they have Philly after that. I mean, we're talking about some pretty good matchups for Goff, and I would not mind somebody sitting there spending – five, 10% of their fab and throw them on the back in the roster, even in two quarterback leagues. Now the over under, I believe, or the favor, actually this upcoming week is a little bit shocking. Green Bay is favored. It's in green Bay, by the way, they're favored to beat the lions by 11 points. I don't know. That's the case. Green Bay has trouble stopping pass catching running backs and running backs as a whole. Meanwhile, if Jared Goff can get that protection, like I'm, I'm thinking that Jared Goff could still throw for, for three touchdowns and keep his team in the game. No, somebody was talking about Green Bay being the number one streaming defense option. And I was just like, what? Why? No, I had that same thought. I was like, I'm not touching that right now. Did you see what just happened? Like against the Saints, like you guys got torched. And, you know, I don't, it's still up in the air. Nobody knows if Jared Goff is Jameis Winston or Jameis Winston is for real or whatever, but it's not somebody who I want to take a chance on streaming. Like, no way. I, that that 11 like no way yeah so jared goff for me yeah is a pickup let's go ahead and move on to running backs because we definitely have some running back stuff going on in the chat some activity most of it's with the wide receiver so i'm going to wait to pull up those wide receiver questions in the chat however if you want to know about some running backs we do have elijah mitchell michael hasty trey sermon mark ingram and tony jones along with with my baby boy, who we'll bring up here in a second, who, oh my God, is he a waiver wire pickup or what? He's fire. But yeah, if you guys have anybody else that you want to know about in the chat, please go ahead and put it in there. But let's start it out with the 49ers team who Mostert's hurt, right? After Jeff Willis got hurt earlier in the offseason, this team just continues to fall apart. But guess what? It's the wide zone run scheme who literally, I mean, they asked the running backs to sprint as fast as they can to a corner, find a crease, and get upfield. If there's no crease, then you just hit the defenders. You hit these, these defensive linemen and these linebackers as hard as you can to fall forward and get you know a few yards. And it's completely reckless, but it does work for fantasy. However, it just doesn't work for long. And we saw it with Iggy Woods, right? We saw it with uh, Terrell Davis. We saw it with you know Steven Jackson. I mean, it's just multiple running back after running back after running back that had a few fantasy seasons of gold in these systems. But eventually they start to fall apart. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Derrick Henry is going to be the only one that's going to actually fit in this system that doesn't fall apart. But we'll see what happens. But going to it, we have Mitchell, who's rostered in 3.8% of leagues. We have Hasty in 0.5. And then Sermon, who's 775 So that's going to be a little bit tougher to get. But Britt, where are you sitting with these three? Which one do you want to actually have rostered? Are you know, are you running to the waiver wires and throwing all your money in it? Say, take my money. I need this player. Uh, I'm a victim of sermon. So I can't, I mean, this whole segment hurts me. Um, especially after him getting or being inactive last week. It was just like, what happened? But um, you know, Shanahanigans, it's a word for a reason. Like, I don't, I think. And even if you look on Twitter, people are like, go pick up Mitchell, go pick up Hasty. No, I'm putting it all in on Sermon. Like, no one knows. So, like, yeah, sure. If you're hurting at running back, go grab him, blow your fab, whatever. But do we really know? Like, is that going to be worth it? And what if it doesn't work out? Like, what if Elijah Mitchell gets supplanted by Trey Sermon here in a couple weeks? And then you just blew your fab for the whole season on that? Like, I mean, 
I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't think that it'll happen. It seems like um, Shanahan really does like Mitchell, but I think that there's too much draft capital in Sermon to just, you know, kick him to the curb. And I just, it's just too messy for me. I'm honestly like, I'm personally avoiding it, but I know a lot of people who are jumping all in on Mitchell. So I really like Mitchell with this one. I mean, his speed is insane. He what, ran a four three five at his at his four at his pro day in the forty, um, and that's kind of what you need. But you also need a little bit of size to work in this offense. And when Mitchell came in, I really liked this landing spot with the 49ers because I'm like, he can be that third down back that Shanahan has been looking at or looking for, I should say, since like Evan Royster, right? When he was coaching with Washington, like he is looking for this guy to be a a guy who can, you know, make defenders miss, who can be the third down back and, and be the go-to guy when needed. But I don't see him seizing the lead back role and carrying the ball 30, you know, 25, 30 times a game. Essentially. I, I, I think that he's going to be a back that still sees anywhere from 10 to 15 touches maxing out at 20, but it is going to be a full committee approach, which is why I say, you know, pump the brakes on throwing your fab at any one of these guys, like, you know, in, in order to mount, I like Elijah, Elijah Mitchell the most. I think that he has the most upside. I think that he has the biggest or the most big play ability, right? Has the biggest chance to break a runaway and, and score a 40 yard touchdown. But I still think that Hasey's going to be involved. I still think that Sermon's going to be involved. And and don't you know, forget about Juszczyk. He still uses Juszczyk. He like, does. It's like the only offense that a fullback has a relevant role is in San Francisco. Like it's crazy. It is. It is. But yeah, I still, I like Elijah Mitchell the most out of this group. Um, I might throw probably 20% at Elijah Mitchell uh, if I need a running back. If I don't need a running back and I'm just trying to get some some depth onto my roster, I'm probably going to pull that back. I'm probably going to go close to like, you know, 15%. But if I need a running back and I need a guy that's going to, you know, start in some of my clutch spots or some of my bye weeks or, you know, even if you have to have him start right now, I think Elijah Mitchell is that guy and you need to go get him. Uh, you know, whether that takes... 20% of your fab or 30% of your fab is up to you with how fragile your team is. But Elijah Mitchell, I think is the go-to guy. Meanwhile, Jamichael Hasty, you know, if he's out there, 10% of your fab should suffice. Uh, you know, if somebody doesn't get them, then they're going to be overpaying for that player and injuries are plenty this year. So we're going to see multiple different opportunities to grab different running backs, uh, including some of these other guys that we actually have lined up for you. Do you have anything else to add on to Elijah Mitchell, Jamaica Hasty, or Trey Sermon? Just stop the shenanigans. <laughs> I need Sermon to like fan out for me, but that's about it. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead. Um, let's go ahead and answer this question real quick before we hop on to the next one. Um, if Tyson Williams is out there or Latavius Murray, which one are you going to go with? Because the run blocking was terrible for Tyson Williams last, uh, last night. It was, oh, it was, it was awful. It's awful. Yeah, I think he wasn't he in that um so like third quarter or whatever. Um he he didn't even like get a chip block, like he basically just whiffed on the whole block and then it caused the fumble. Like it yeah. was just it was it was so bad. It was so bad. And I mean, like, yeah. yeah, he's a great running back, but I you've got to be able to block too, especially like in that run first offense where Lamar carries so much stuff, like uh, it's yes. just, a, it's, it's so messy. All of it's so messy. Well, and then we saw Latavius Murray come in, who actually knows how to play football, who's been playing football and who's a good running back and still averaged a ton of yards uh, last year. And, and although he didn't have a great game, like he just joined the team. And I thought that Latavius Murray was going to be the first running back they went after 
uh, prior to Gus Edwards getting hurt. And then after Gus Edwards got hurt, like, I was like, oh, that's a lot. Shocked. And Shocked. Then they went after Bell. Shocked. I'm like, how do these guys not get signed to a single team this offseason? And then these are the first guys that you go after. Like, just shocked. Yes. Yeah. I'm I like Murray. I've I really do. He's had good seasons. Like even being even being a backup. He's a solid run blocker. He's a solid runner. He's he knows the playbooks. I mean, I really like him. And I think probably midway, if not a little bit before the season, he'll take over as like a 60-40 split. I mean, it's still gonna be a split system, but I think but at the end of the year he'll have the majority of the carries. I like that. And I think Murray is the back to own in this offense. Uh, we saw who they trust. We saw who they like. Meanwhile, I didn't give the shout out to Dave. Of course, he wanted to give you a shout out. What a name for Shanahan. I absolutely love it as well. Um, <laughs> and then uh, he comes in to add that he thinks that Mitchell is better than hasty. Even one B is valuable. I like Mitchell as well. Um, obviously we, we covered that one. So we have in the chat as well, Pat wanted to add in that Tyson has much better upside, especially with catching in PPR. I do agree with that to an extent, but how often are they going to be passing the ball to the running backs over there for Baltimore? It's not going to happen often. So yeah, if he gets two targets a game, like great, I'm off on that. I'd rather have the guy who I know that they trust, who is going to be an integral part of this offense, who it has been a relevant running back in the NFL for the past five or six years and has seen limited usage. So he has, he doesn't have a ton of wear and tear somebody that could actually explode going forward. I'm going Murray uh, myself. So let's go to our next guy. We have Mark Ingram rostering 13.3% of the ESPN leagues. Dude, he was flexing, getting 26 carries. That was pretty intense. Uh, How? How? Like that backfield was so messy. And then he just came out and like killed. But it was it's, funny. And he's, because everybody's he's, shouting for Philip Lindsay, right? Like that was my favorite thing that happened. I was like, how yes. pissed off are Philip Lindsay people right now who are fighting for Philip Lindsay? Um, but I mean, Rex Burkhead got a little bit of usage, not a lot. I mean, the only one that was out there constantly was Mark Ingram. And I actually liked the way that they used David Johnson. Um, even though the, they were winning, he still got work in the passing game. And I think that he, David Johnson can be somebody that's sufficient moving forward if he doesn't have to run his head into a wall a hundred times. So this is a situation with Mark Ingram where I'm not going to likely go spend a ton of fab on him. If he's out there, sure, I'll throw out a 5% bid. But I'm afraid that they're just going to run these guys so often and so hard into the back of their offensive line, into the defenders, that we might see Philip Lindsay starting by week three or four. You know, we might see Rex Burkhead starting by week, you know, eight, nine, ten. Like, we might even see David Johnson starting at the end of the year again and reclaiming his role to dominate teams and crush everybody's fantasy hopes in weeks 15 through 17 like he did last year. So David Johnson is somebody that I'm probably actually going to target because I think he's going to see a little bit of work usage. And I saw what I needed to see by his work on third downs and by work in the passing game and work in the red zone as well. Not going to do a ton of it. But like I said, if I see Mark Ingram out there, 5% fab if that. If I see David Johnson, they're, you know, a couple bucks. I'll just throw a couple bucks at it and just see what happens. Like, you know, but I, I want guys in this offense in the running game because they obviously want to run. And the Texans aren't going to be good this entire year, but at least they're going to to run their guys out a whole bunch of times. And they also have advantageous matchups throughout the season. How are you feeling? Yeah, I, I agree with. Yeah, I agree with everything that you said right there. I think, I mean, Marking Arms you know, regarding the injury history or not injury history, but injury risk, I guess, you know, Mark Ingram is no spring chicken. Like dude is 
fairly ancient when it comes to running backs. Like he's got a very, very good chance of getting hurt, especially if he does get ran in the ground like they're doing. Um, I think Houston's probably still trying to figure out their offense. I don't know, you know, the whole Deshaun Johnson situation, but how many reps did Terod Taylor get in, in camp with first teams? You know, like, I don't really know how much of that the coaches are still trying to figure out. So I do think Lindsay could still be, you know, a pass catching back when it comes down to it. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. If Ingram's out there, like, yeah, a couple bucks here and there, but it's not anybody I'm clamoring over. No, you don't need to. Uh, you really don't need to. I saw a post earlier today because we pulled these off, by the way, everybody. We pulled these off of a bunch of other big time sites for people that are telling you to, to go, you know, spend your fab on this, spend your fab at that. And then we just tell you, hey, you shouldn't go blow that much on there because you're just wasting your money. So when I saw that somebody was saying 25% of their fab for Mark Ingram, I'm like, I don't care if he's getting that workload. Like you do not need to blow that fab. Guess what? They just played Jacksonville, right? Jacksonville's, you know, front seven is completely depleted. Don't go waste your money. Throw a couple bucks at it. You're probably going to get outbid, but don't worry about it. You'll get somebody else next week. And then you'll be happy that you saved your money. Yeah. And then you'll be happy. happy. (laughs) Wait till a big one comes up that you actually, you know, know is going to go off. Uh, You know, let's talk about another guy who did pretty well yesterday. He did all right. Tony Jones. Or I'm sorry, two days ago, uh, Tony Jones, who's rostered in 18.7%. He got a little bit of work in there. Got 50 yeah. yards, 11 carries. And I mean, well, I think, you know, the offseason, preseason stuff, training camp stuff with, you know, Tony Jones outperforming Latavius Murray. I, I think that that was real. I don't think that that was any kind of hype or coach speak or whatever. I think he is the real deal. And obviously he's working behind Kamara, but if Kamara goes down for even a tiny bit of time, like this dude's a workhorse, like he is a big, strong back. And I, I would want to have him on my team sooner rather than later. And, you know, kind of what we talked about before with Sean Payton, kind of limiting Winston's throws and kind of keeping it run first and whatever. I I think that Jones has a role, even if Kamara doesn't go down. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you. Now, I, I agree with you 100%. I, you know, you just heard how much I like Latavius Murray, right? Like I just vouched for Latavius Murray being, you know, a, a starting caliber back. And yet Tony Jones beat him out. The reason why they wanted Latavius Murray to take a pay cut was because Latavius Murray was going to be the third running back on the team. He wasn't going to be the second running back to take a pay cut. He was going to be the third running back on that team behind Tony Jones. Tony Jones is going to beat out a guy that I said is a starting caliber running back. So, of course, Tony Jones is an absolute smash for me. I think that you can go out there and you can throw 20% on Tony Jones and be completely happy. Go do it. Go get your guy. Go get the backup, especially if you have Alvin Kamara. Go grab your handcuff. You know, I'm even grabbing other people's handcuffs. If I think that they have a team that's a competing team and they have Kamara, dude, I'm grabbing their backup just in case, just to make sure they can't get it and they can't keep competing with me. Is he Alvin Kamara? No, but he does have a lot of talent over there, and this is a system that favors the running back. They want to get the ball to the running back. We've seen it time and time and time again. So, yeah, move forward. Go grab Tony Jones. Uh, I'm okay with putting 20% fab on this one. Now, the biggest one. This is this is my this is my baby. This is the guy that I've been talking about now for two years. I've been watching nonstop. And, man, Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell with his snapshot, what do you see? Like 37% snapshot, I believe. I ended up taking a, you know, one of his rushes to the house. He's going to see work in the passing game. Sure, this is a little bit of a tough division, 
But Kenny Gainwell in this system with Jalen Hurts, who's able to freeze linebackers as he goes to scramble out of the pocket and uses the option play, should allow Kenny Gainwell to be wildly, wildly efficient. This guy has the speed. This guy has the vision, right? He has the size. He took off. He took 2020 off, right? And he was able to add on like 20 pounds to his weight, or it might have been 15 pounds to his weight to make sure that he was up to size so he wasn't viewed as a satellite back. He's not. He's not a satellite back. This dude is going to smash faces. And I like Miles Sanders. I'm on board Miles Sanders. But I think Kenny Gamewell can still give you value as well. And he's not just a handcuff. He actually has independent or standalone value based on the matchups. If I feel like the Eagles are going to be winning, like how they smashed the Falcons, we're going to see the same usage that we saw from the Indianapolis Colts with Nick Sirianni coming over. We're going to see them give Miles Sanders a third down off or a first down off so he's not running his head into the ground. We're going to see Kenny Gainwell with plenty of opportunities when they have advantageous matchups. And his efficiency is going to be monstrous. I love Kenny Gainwell. I love Kenny Gainwell this year. And if he gets the starting opportunity, if he gets a starting opportunity, I will be just, I mean, through the roof excited. I cannot wait to watch this guy in this offense as he takes over. Go get Kenny Gainwell. Well, I love that you say that, especially since you traded me Chase Edmonds for Miles Sanders. <laughs> and I picked up Gainwell in a few leagues. I love your take on that. But um, I'm in a total agreement. I mean, I think obviously we saw Gainwell basically made Boston Scott a non-factor. Boston Scott was nowhere to be seen. Like, can somebody put up a oh, missing could, poster for him? You can like, see him. He what was on he special do? teams. He was on special teams. R right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, somebody put up a missing poster for him. Like, what did he do? It was crazy. And um, I was a little unsure on him. And I'll be completely honest about this. When he got drafted. And then I was like, oh, he's from Memphis. Oh, his college workload. Oh, 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 okay. Yes. All in on Gainwell. Like the more he, I researched about him, the more I was about him. I love it so much. He forced Antonio Gibson, the guy that yes. was drafting in the second round this year, or sometimes in the late first, he forced Antonio Gibson to move to a wide receiver position because he was so much better than Antonio Gibson. Now, yep. yes, I know he went to a smaller school and you know, maybe they didn't have to look at size metrics as much, but he forced Antonio Gibson to, to move to wide receiver, Kenny Gainwell is an absolute smash, smash waiver wire claim this upcoming year. Now, we are going to move on to the wide receivers. But before I do, I do want to give a huge shout out to Trophy Smack, trophysmack.com. Kenny Gainwell can get you that trophy. And I'm not talking about, you know, these little tiny trophies that you got when you were a kid. I'm talking about massive trophies that are like four feet tall. They got the coolest like toppers on them. Like you can get like bobbly head toppers. You can do all that stuff. And then they got these, these championship belts, right? I don't know if you've seen them, but they're, they're insane. They weigh like 20 pounds. They're like really like heavy. Like belts. Heavy. They're, they're legit title belts. Like I'm not even kidding. <laughs> and actually, if you go to trophysmack.com and you guys want to pick up a trophy for your league, and if you haven't yet, then I don't you know why you're even playing with that league because that league would be super, super lame. But no, if you go and you purchase it for your league and you enter in promo code CIRCLE, then you actually get a championship ring for free, which is valued at 60 bucks. So go check it out, trophysmack.com. Get yourself a sick-ass trophy. Get yourself a badass belt and go throw a ring into that cart. When you do, you enter in promo code CIRCLE and you get that $60 ring for free. I don't even know why y'all are still here listening to me. You guys need to be trophysmack.com. Go get yourself a trophy. Now, 
Let's move on to wide receivers. And we did have a comment earlier. Let me see if I can go find it. We have a couple of them. So we're going to start out with some of these questions. If you have questions, please leave them in the chat. We'll get to them, uh, you know, as we can. AJ Green, is he a bust? Because, I mean, Christian Kirk went out and shut off. Like, we had Rondell Moore who actually had a good game. And then AJ Green did nothing. I don't know if he's a bust. I mean, he's old. Like, everyone's like... Last year, he was kind of washed, you know? I don't think he really went in. If you're still expecting A.J. Green to do something, like, I'm sorry, please pull yourself out of 2016 or whenever it was. Like, A.J. Green is not the wide receiver one he used to be. I think he's just, like, a placeholder. And, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't disappointed or upset or surprised, frankly, with what he did. No, I mean, he is what he is, and we're not going to see a ton of outside targets because Kyler Murray doesn't throw it outside that often unless he's outside the pocket, in which that case he's looking downfield because if he's sitting you know, 10 yards downfield, Kyler's like, oh, I can get that 10 yards myself. I'm not going to pass it and risk an incompletion or an interception. I'm just going to go pick that up myself. So when Kyler Murray gets outside the pocket, he's looking downfield unless Rondo Moore is right there in front of him, maybe even Chase Edmonds to an extent. Oh, man, Rondo Moore is so sexy. Did, did you watch him? It's going to be great. So sexy. No, but uh, I, AJ Green was just nothing for me. Uh, I didn't draft him anywhere. I don't have any shares of AJ Green this upcoming year. We have a question about Jalen Waddle. Thoughts going forward? Is he an every week start at wide receiver? That's an interesting question if he's an every week start. Do you want to take this one or you want me to start it out? I mean, I don't know if he's an every week starter. I really liked him this week because of Will Fuller being out. And obviously Devontae Parker's dealt with a lot of injuries and especially the soft tissue tissue injuries, which can kind of linger. I won't go so far as saying he's every week. I think I would have to play him based on matchups and, you know, to the jury's still out on Tua also. So we don't really know. I, so I kind of like him as an every week start. I don't love him. I don't love this as an every week start. This is going to be like a flex play for me. But I'm looking at the schedule right now. We have Buffalo. We've got the Raiders. We've got the Colts. I mean, that's three games that I'm automatically starting in there. And then Tampa Bay, it depends on how Will Fuller comes into this, to this matchup or into the fold and s- takes away targets because they're going to have to score up against Tampa Bay. It's not going to be a low-scoring game, and you can't run on Tampa Bay. Like they're they're one of the best run defenses we could have seen in, in the past 10 years. This Tampa Bay uh, front seven is no joke. So they're going to have to pass if they're going to have any dream of keeping up. So Jalen Waddle becomes startable there as like a back-end flex option. Then they have Jacksonville. They've got Atlanta. they got Buffalo again. Houston. Baltimore, which you're going to have to score. And plus, you know, they got beat deep multiple times in this past game. Uh, the Jets, Carolina. I mean, I'm just looking at a whole slew of matchups where I just like who they're lined up against. I like Jalen Waddle's shot. Once again, I mean, it depends on how you know they they line up when Will Fuller comes back and how he takes away targets. But I mean, if they're passing 30 times a game, 35 times a game, yeah, the volume's there. I like Jalen Waddle. I don't know if he's an every week start. Like she said, you're going to have to check a lot of him in the matchups, but I'm liking his outlook, you know, moving forward. I may actually try and go trade for him in a couple redraft leagues, actually. I don't know. That's interesting. All right. So let's see if I have anybody else in the wide receiver questions. It's looking like it's pretty clear. Uh, let's see. Is this a wide receiver question? All right. Yeah. We got a wider, I'm guessing Devontae Adams. Right? 
it, let us know if this is Devonte Adams and we'll revisit. We'll uh, we'll hit a couple of these questions real or a couple of these waiver wire decisions, and we'll come back to this one, Tim. Let me know if you're talking about Devonta Adams and you know if you want to know our take on it. All right, so we have Nelson Aguilar, who is one of my favorite waiver wire pickups of the week. If you don't have, I draft him in a lot of spots. So if you don't have him, you need to go get him. He's resting 32.3% of ESPN leagues. And he had 72 uh, yards on five grabs and a touchdown while playing the tied for the most amount of snaps, at, or I should say routes run for the wide receiver position with Jacoby Myers. Yeah, Jacoby Myers out-targeted him, but I think they had the same amount of receptions, if not it was close. Uh, meanwhile, I mean, we're talking about a rookie quarterback, right, in his first game up against a defense that or a secondary that is very, very good secondary when we talk about Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, and yet he still put up very, very good numbers. I mean, we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg, I think, for, for Nelson Aguilar. Are we not? I think so, too. I'm, I was pretty high on Jacoby Myers going into the offseason, listening to the training camp preseason stuff. But, you know, there's always that narrative that Jacoby Myers can't score a touchdown, that he's not a red zone target, that he doesn't do this. And, you know, with Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry also being there and the way that Belichick likes to run the 12 personnel, I, you know, I think Aguilar might be the dude. And I'm taking my L. I'm, I might be taking my L on Jacoby Myers, and I really don't want to be doing that, but <laughs> I think that I might have to. I think Jacob Myers could still see the volume. I mean, like you said, he led the team in targets. I mean, if they're in a competitive game like they were this past week, I think that they could eventually open up Mac Jones. So I'm not I'm not out on Jacoby Myers. I just like Nelson Aguilar so much more because he has that big playability that you want from your flex position. Like I always have this theory where you're your top few guys, right? Like, you know, your your first few picks, your first what three to four rounds, they should never lose your, your league. Like I like upside, but I need floor, minimum floor when it comes to these top guys. And obviously you weigh it, you know, based off of upside and floor. When I start getting into my flex guys, that's when I want to take shots on upside. And as a flex position, Nelson Aguilar offers that. And he's a guy that can put up 20 points, 25 points in a game and win you a week. I just don't want my my top picks to lose me any weeks. I want my my big time or my my uh, flyers or, or the flex positions to win me weeks. Yeah, I I mean I agree with that. That's I if Myers can't show up in the red zone, then I mean Aguilar's gonna get it all. Like who else do they have? You know? Yeah, I don't no, I don't really think that they do. Well, we do have another competition, right? Because that's a big topic right now. It's Jacob Myers is Nelson Aguilar, right? Another big talk topic right now is KJ Hamler versus Tim Patrick. You know, which one do you want to roster in, in this situation? Because we have a quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater that likes to see open receivers. And Cortland Sutton, man, getting two targets. That was not good. So, you know, is this something as to where one of these other guys could actually be the number one wide receiver on their team? Is still Cortland Sutton. And either way, regardless, are you going after either Tim Patrick or KJ Hamler with Jerry Judy's injury happening? I definitely am. I have an embarrassing large number of Judy in all of my leagues. So that really, really, really sucked. Yeah. So I've actually been going over this even before the show. Um, according to Sleeper, um, Hamler's been getting first team work, but it also seems like Tim Patrick gets more of the red zone targets. And in fantasy, we all know, like, it doesn't matter how much your quarterback loves you. It matters how much you score. Um, 
I was researching a little bit about it just for my own personal um, use, but Fantasy Pros expert voting is split 67-33 in favor over Patrick or Patrick over um, Hamler. It's honestly, they were both tied in targets. The only thing that uh, set Patrick apart was that he got the touchdown. Otherwise, they were dead even. So I think it's just a gut call. I think I want to watch how practice plays out and how it goes the rest of this week, you know, the next couple of days to see just who's getting the targets. And I, I never waffle on a pick, but I cannot pick this one right now. <laughs> no, this is a tough one. And this is probably the most highly debated one, you know, for the whole entire industry right now is like, which one do you go with? Cause KJ Hamler offers you that massive upside. He's got the speed, right? He's got a, that, that breakaway you know, ability to be able to get downfield, get behind the defenses. The only thing is Teddy Bridgewater doesn't attempt a lot of those passes. Uh, he wants to see his receivers open, and Tim Patrick has been somewhat of a target magnet whenever he has opportunity. He just doesn't get a lot of opportunity. He's a bigger physical receiver, right? He doesn't measure up necessarily, but he plays like this massive guy, you know, like Calvin Johnson status without the ups. Uh, but he likes to get into it. And then when it comes to him actually trying to create separation, he's able to do so because most players or most defenders expect him to be more physical and try to outmuscle him and get to the ball. Instead, he just steps right away and they're like, whoa, this just happened. And so he's wide open when he does see opportunities. I'm going to lean with Tim Patrick on this one. I think that Tim Patrick is going to offer that opportunity, although I do like the upside from KJ Hamler. Um, I'm probably going to be very close in my fab budget by spending on him. I'm probably going to throw like two, three percent at KJ Hamler and I'll throw probably throw close to five or six percent at Tim Patrick. All right. And I think I I think I did put a contingency bid in for both of them. Just, you know, I can't really lose out on either one. So if somebody else bids more than me on one person, then maybe I can get the second person, whatever. I'm I think that they both have a great upside and they'll both do really well. It just depends on who gets the touchdowns. Well, let's bring in this conversation, right? Tim's back. Hey Tim, what's up? Thanks for uh, you know, throwing it back in there. Devontae Adams, what's our take? So Devonta Adams obviously had a really rough outing this past week. Aaron Rodgers looked terrible, but guess what? That's going to happen when you take off all the summer and you don't spend time getting ready for your job. Like you have one job to do. You only do that job for like four months. And if you're out hanging out for eight months in a year, you come back, you're going to be a little bit rusty. Like it's going to happen. Um, you know, with that being said, I didn't expect it to be that bad. Like I, I was like, damn, like that was crazy. But Devontae Adams, you don't have any fear with this. Aaron Rodgers, first off, their schedule is amazing. And Aaron Rodgers is not going to be that bad every single week. I think people are, you know, portion by saying, hey, they could end up losing. But keep in mind, it could take a few weeks to get back to where he was. When we look at, at the Packers, it's not every year they start slow. But there are years where Aaron Rodgers takes off part of the offseason and they start out slowly. You guys remember like that, that whole thing where he was like, relax, relax right? Like it's, it goes back to this and it happens from time to time with Aaron Rodgers. I'm not worried about it. He should get back on his feet this upcoming week and be a relevant fantasy option. Jeffrey Okuda is out. So that offer that also offers, uh, you know, some, uh, some advantageous matchups up against the Detroit lions who are still a makeshift defense. Obviously they just allowed, you know, the, the 49ers to put up what, what was it? 40, 45, 44. Yeah. It was something 40, insane. 44 to 33 or something like that. 
Yeah, so uh, just look forward to, to Aaron Rodgers getting back on his feet this week with Devontae Adams melting faces. There's no reason to bench him. I will play Devontae Adams for the next five weeks if he burns me over the next four. <laughs> I, I'll keep and, doing it. And even, like, I think that the Saints are one of the most underrated defenses in the league. I mean, even with Lattimore out, everyone's like, Adams is going to feast, da, 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 da. But, again, Sean Payton does that next man up mantra. And he's a great coach. I mean, he's been doing this for so long. Aside from Belichick, like I think that he is probably one of the best coaches or the best coach in the league. And uh, I mean, his defense isn't gonna isn't gonna go down. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. All right, so let's go. There's this question right here from Dustin Robbie Anderson versus New Orleans. Mooney versus Cincy. We do our start sick questions tomorrow night. I am going to answer this one for you, but if anybody else has seen this, come join us tomorrow night at nine o'clock. It's going to be Shane, myself, and Jacob, the uh, Canadian wonder. We will be doing starter sick questions uh, tomorrow night. You guys can go check us out. If you guys missed that one, then we actually do Sunday mornings in the group chat for fantasy football discussion. So make sure y'all check that out. All right. Robbie Anderson up against New Orleans, Mooney versus Cincinnati. Okay, so Mooney didn't play well this past week or didn't get a lot of opportunities this past week. He was still on the field running the routes. Andy Dalton, you know, what do you expect? Like, you're playing up against the Rams, right? This is going to happen. Um, I just, Yeah, I just can't get behind Andy Dalton. Anything that Andy Dalton touches, and this is not me being bitter from last season after Dak went out, I swear, but <laughs> anything that Andy Dalton touches, I think Nagy is just being – an ass to put it bluntly, like start <laughs> Justin Fields. You traded up for Justin Fields. You didn't think Justin Fields was going to fall to you. Just start Justin Fields. Everybody will be better off. Also, if they're running Allen Robinson on those 10 yard, like little baby routes, like what makes anybody think that Mooney's going to get better until Fields comes in? Like it's not. Man, Robbie Anderson up against New Orleans. So there's likely to see coverage from Marshawn Lattimore. Um, you know, is he going to be back though? Like, is he? I mean, he he had surgery today. Oh shit! I missed that. I completely missed that. I was too busy writing yeah. my DFS article. I missed it. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't know if he's going to be back. They say officially he's day to day, but I um, if he could still be out. See, this is why we then... don't do our start sick questions today because I'm not <laughs> up to date on the injuries and everything happening. I'm not up to date. Um, but no, I, I'd go Robbie Anderson if, if Marshawn Lattimore. So either way, I'm still probably going to go Robbie Anderson. I keep in mind it is up against Cincy, so they have a great matchup. This is the revenge game for Andy Dalton. And by the way, Britt, just in case you're wondering, it's going to be the Justin Fields show at halftime of week three. I've been calling that all offseason. I actually called it beginning of week four. So we're very we're close, close to that. We're close. Yeah. I just, you know, I think halfway through a game where you could still see Justin Fields, you know, get a little bit of work. Plus, that's what uh, week Nick Foles took over for Trubisky last year. So um, we have Antonio Brown over. Oh, God, it's another starter sick question. Dude, guys, <laughs> I'm not ready for this. It's Tuesday. <laughs> Football just finished yesterday. Come join us tomorrow night. We'll do starter sit. I want to make sure that I'm accurate with everything that I'm telling you guys, of course, and girls. So, uh, yeah, please join us tomorrow night for the starter sick questions. Um, is Sterling Shepard? This is okay. This is a good one. Is Sterling Shepard the best wide receiver to spend your fab on? If he's out there, it's a good one. But just keep in mind, Sterling Shepard does have a tough matchup. I know that Keenan Allen still put up like nine re receptions for 100 yards up against Washington. But this is a very, very good defense. And, you know, up against Kendall Fuller, who actually normally plays really well. He allowed five receptions, I believe, on six targets this past week. Um, 
I, I still don't like that for Sterling Shepard. Meanwhile, Benjamin St. Judice for Washington football team, he allowed Mike Williams to just take him to school. He's, what, a third or fourth round rookie? Man, I think Kenny Galladay is going to have a hell of a day. And honestly, I kind of want to let somebody else get Sterling Shepard. I think it's a roster bomb. And Shepard has so many injuries over the past few years. Like, I don't – I think he's yet to play a complete season. I – I wouldn't spend fab on him, but look at his matchups. So week three, week four, week five for Sterling Shepard. That makes it interesting for me. It's a tough matchup. So you can't pick him up and play him, but up against Atlanta where he's going to see Josh Oliver or I'm sorry, Isaiah Oliver. And then you have, um, who's the slot corner for, is it Brian pool for new Orleans? I believe either way, the, the slot corner over there is not good. And then Dallas's slot corner is Jordan Lewis. The Rams slot corner is not good. I mean, whoa. These matchups are nuts. Like, this is a very, very sexy matchup all the way up until week eight almost. I kind of like this, aside from week two. Um, Sterling Shepard, for me, is actually now going up. I would put him right there behind Nelson Aguilar. He might be my second favorite one. But, are we, like, I, how much fab are we going to spend on him? How much fab mm. are we spending on him? Because I uh, just have a fill-in for eight weeks. 15%. Fifteen. Can, too much. Too much. Yeah. Uh. No, I can deal with that. All right. Fifteen percent right. on. On uh, Sterling Shepard. All right. So let's go to this last wide receiver real quick. I actually have another show here in twenty minutes for Washington football team. So I, I kind of gotta, kind of gotta expedite this slightly. But let's say uh, Zach Pascal, right? Who you wrote in the notes? Actually, you said everybody's freaking out about this, right? Are, are they all freaking out? It's well, I mean, everyone's like, he blew up, he did this, da 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 da. Just based on his points. If you look at why he got that points, I mean, he got two touchdowns. He was only targeted five times. Like, do we really think that he's going to sustain this from week to week to week? I mean, so, and don't get me wrong, I'm going to target him, but I'm not blowing a bunch of fab on him. I'm, no, I'm not either. And, you know, he's somebody that hasn't been relevant, but I mean, he should have been a pre, you know, a preseason pickup for you because guess what? He had the starting slot role. He's the starting slot receiver over there. So he will have certain. And weeks Carson Wentz off. has a noodle arm. <laughs> yes, he does. Hey, he throws a pretty deep ball from time to time. He can, but for the most part, it's just noodles. I was just really, this hurts me. Like this pains me because I was so big on Paris Campbell and then Paris Campbell didn't get any slot snaps. And now I'm like, I'm so destroyed right now. But I mean, when T.Y. Hilton comes back, you know, that role could obviously change, um, you know, up against the Seahawks who their slot corner, by the way, uh, isn't great. That, you know, throws an advantageous matchup. You can't run on them. So what were, how else were they supposed to deliver touchdowns? Well, you throw to the slot. They don't have a tight. Who is it? Jack Doyle. Come on now. Um, no, I, I think. Ali Cox. Don't forget about him. Oh, and Moali Cox, of course, my fault. I apologize. <laughs> uh, no, so I think that Zach Pascal is just a, a direct result of, you know, game script and what the Seahawks are willing to give up versus Zach Pascal going out and grabbing those fantasy points. So I'm actually a fade on Zach Pascal for now. Uh, you know, if I got him for free prior to the season started, I'd be cool with it, but I'm not going to go pay fab for him. Oh, yeah. I'm picking him up without fab. If I get him, I get him, but. All right, Robert Stories asks, is the sermon fan is sermon fantasy relevant or is this hype train real? We talked about it earlier in the show, Robert. I don't mind re-answering for you again. 
Uh, we think that Mitchell has some major big playability, but this is going to be a committee approach. Unless you have any. No, yeah, I think that, I mean, Sermon's going to be fantasy relevant with Mostert being out, but who knows with that backfield. I mean, right now it's Mitchell. So, I mean, you basically have to go Mitchell, right? Yep. A big shout out to Tim, of course, man. Anytime. I was that was that part of our Wednesday show or was that our Sunday show? I'm very curious. All right. And then big shout out to Britt. So let's go ahead and oh, let's do this last question. And then we're gonna cover up the tight ends, and then I gotta go to do the Washington football team show. All right, what do you guys think about picking up Arizona's offense right? Defense right now? I, I think he meant the defense. Um, the defense looked good, man. Like, they looked really, really good up against Tennessee. And I had talked about how they were going to be a pass funnel type uh, defense, right? Because they added J.J. Watt. They have Chandler Jones. You know, they they have some some great pieces to be able to stop a running back. And I was fading Derrick Henry this week. I was like, do not play Derrick Henry. This is not the matchup to play Derrick Henry, especially for DFS purposes. Run far, far away. And then I went and touted A.J. Brown, who barely got me enough points to, you know, win a league himself, much less not enough for for, uh, for DFS. But, I mean, Chandler Jones getting to the quarterback five times, right? They stacked Ryan Tannehill six times. And this could be just as big of a result of the Tennessee offensive line, which I didn't take into an account as much as I probably should have. You know, like just as much of a result as of the offensive line as it is the defense being good. So, I mean, moving forward, was it more on Tennessee, or do you think that the Arizona Cardinals might be a sneaky defensive play for the rest of the season? I think they're legit. And I was talking about streaming defenses earlier. Arizona is one that I have definitely looked at. And in IDP, obviously Chandler Jones, but um, you know. Everybody forgets like J.J. Watt went to the Cardinals too. Nobody's talking about J.J. Watt being yes. on that line. Like, oh my God. Like just having that extra presence. Like, yeah, you can't double team Jones anymore to keep him from getting to the quarterback. Like everyone has to play honest football. And that line is so stacked. Like you're unmatched when you try to play honest football against that Cardinals defensive line. Also, the Panthers, even with Christian McCaffrey, only put up like 19 against the Jets putrid defense. Like, and Robert Sala was apparently like a defensive guru at San Fran, you know? So I think Arizona is going to slaughter the Panthers. I love that play. I do. Okay. I love it. Okay. I like it. I'm, I'm, I don't hate it at all. Uh, I think Arizona is good. They do have, uh, somewhat of a tough matchup against Minnesota, but their offensive line are all, they're all super, super young. Uh, you have Jacksonville who's susceptible to the blitz. Their offensive line is brutal. Um, the Rams offensive line is, you know, uh, a shell of themselves like San Francisco. Yeah. That offensive line is actually pretty good. And so is Cleveland. So maybe for a few weeks, like as a streaming option up against Minnesota, Jacksonville, and possibly the Rams, maybe the Rams, um, which is a divisional matchup. I actually like that. I think that you can pick them up and stream them for sure, for sure, uh, this upcoming week. So let's go ahead and hit tight end. And this is the one that is the big debate for the tight end position. Are you team Adam Troutman or are you team Juwan Johnson? I'm Juwan Johnson. I drafted Juwan Johnson. I drafted Juwan Johnson in a few leagues. I was all about that train. Um, here's why, though. Um, so last season, Adam Troutman rated 
the highest run blocking grade among all eligible positions at 87.1. Juwan Johnson is a converted wide receiver. Why would you not have Troutman block while Juwan Johnson catches the balls? Also, if you saw Jameis Winston's press conference today, he said that they worked individually throughout the season. And Jameis said, Juwan, if you're out there, I'm giving you the ball. I am all in on Juwan Johnson, especially with the red zones. Like I know he didn't get the targets that Troutman did, but like he is a red zone threat and fantasy gold. So I like your take on that. I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but I'm team Adam Troutman. Okay. But I feel like also like I'm already big on Adam Troutman. I think that, you know, his agility scores that he did, the way that he plays, he's able to get separation. Uh, he's able to make plays after the catch as well. Um, he's an efficient guy with the ball in his hands and he can get open close to the line of scrimmage. However, however, Jameis Winston likes to throw it downfield. He does not like to throw close to the line of scrimmage. So we're going to see Juwan Johnson get these downfield targets that Jameis Winston won't see as much of. Meanwhile, um, let me see real quick. I actually wrote something on this earlier. I think that uh, when it comes to the cover scheme, so this is going to be weak tweak dependent. Troutman's going to succeed up against cover three zones because they allow plenty of space in between the uh, you know the linebackers, of course. He pretty much just has to go up against one linebacker versus having to face corners. Um, meanwhile, with the Buffalo nickel, he's going to get plenty of coverage you know, from the safeties and one-on-one -on -one opportunities for man. So I like Troutman when the primary defensive scheme is either cover three or the Buffalo nickel. Um, up against regular man for Johnson, even up against you know normal nickel for Johnson, not Buffalo nickel, where you have another cornerback in instead of a safety. And then cover two, where you can see Johnson up the seam. I'm going with John Johnson. So I'm mainly going to study the, the defenses and see what scheme they're playing to decide which tight end I'm going to throw out there. If it's not clear for one way or the other, I'm going to be fading both guys. So for that being said, I am not going to be spending a bunch of fab on either one. <laughs> um, I don't see a, a reason to, to put yourself in that spot with a tight end position where you can stream week to week. And you can stream matchups week to week, and you're typically only starting one. So I don't see a reason why you should clog up your roster with a guy that you don't know whether you should play him or not You know, every single week. And you're going to have to look at the matchups and do all this extra work. It just doesn't make much sense to me. So I'm actually fading both guys, both players, and I'm hoping that I'm not dead wrong on Jawan Johnson because if he ends up going out and throwing up two touchdowns, I'm really going to regret saying that like every game. Like, yeah, I'm going to regret saying that. I'm going to hold it over your head too. You better. You better. I wouldn't expect anything less. I would not expect anything less. All right. I was going to go through this real quick, guys. I want to. Uh, I was going to run through this and say, don't freak out, right? And I actually had listed every <laughs> every Green Bay player. Um, I can't spend much time on it because I have to go to another show. But AJ Dillon is somebody who you drafted in the middle rounds. He's a drop candidate. Um, don't freak out about him. He had a four point eight yards per carry. He still got a, a target with the catch. Um, he ran seven routes and played a total of 15 snaps. So I'm not freaking out about A.J. Dillon um, only carrying the ball, you know, four times. He was game scripted out, essentially. Um, Cortland Sutton is another guy. Uh, yeah, he's come back from injury. I mean, you wrote this one on here, I think. I don't even know what stuff you wrote and I wrote, to be honest, because we have such like a similar style. <laughs> um, he's he's getting back. Now we knew it was going to work. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it works out great. Um, you know, he's getting back on his feet. He's developing his routes. He's, he's 
getting strength back and he's learning how to trust his uh you know his legs again um it's going to take time for Cortland sutton to get there but you drafted him in like you know the what the seventh round the eighth round for a lot of these drafts so you still end up having an opportunity that's my dog i'm gonna let you keep going yeah so um it's clear that Cortland sutton is still rehabbing from the acl injury um you know, at the ADP, you might not have to start him over the next few weeks, but with Judy being out, I mean, he's obviously going to work his way back in. Um, the next person is Robert Tunyon. Everyone's freaking out because he was shut out in the season opener. Like what happened with Green Bay? Um, but a lot of people forget he was shut out in last season, season opener. And then he scored 11 touchdowns over the next 15 games. So, I mean, he's going to be fine. Mike Evans. We actually have this in the chat right now. You know, Mike Evans, seven 1,000 yard receiving, uh, receiving yards seasons in a row. I butcher that. Um, yeah. So it's kind of funny because Britt and I were talking about this prior to the show. And with Jordan Lewis in the slot, with Anthony Brown on the outside, Trayvon Diggs, who actually covers bigger, more physical, and fast receivers at 6'2 with his speed, um, he actually does very well up against those. He struggles up against elusive type backs. Uh, last year in 2020, he went up against Chase Claypool, who's a big, physical, fast receiver, right? And he let Chase Claypool get, what did I say? Like, it was two catches? Three, uh, three catches for five. five. Yeah. yeah, Three for five for 32 yards, I think. And then up against Hopkins, he did allow Hopkins to have a big play, but he, he held Hopkins to only two catches on five targets. It was for 73 yards, because like I said, he allowed a 60-yard reception. But Trayvon Diggs is actually very, very good up against guys that, you know, have the size and the speed, but maybe not the quickness. Um, Mike Evans should be plenty, plenty safe moving forward. Uh, I think you typed this in here. He's going to land next week. He'll find the end zone. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. And then, yeah, Kyle Pitts is up here. Kyle Pitts saw seven targets on, you know, had four receptions. Not too great. Meanwhile, Hayden Hurst had four catches on four receptions. So, yeah, they're targeting the tight ends. But the biggest thing was, like, the Falcons could not sustain drives up against the Eagles. And the Eagles knew that they were going to use Calvin Ridley. So they double covered Calvin Ridley the whole game with Darius Slay, which I did not expect. I expected Darius Slay to be one-on-one -on -one more often. They actually did double him uh, pretty often with his safety out back. And then they put a linebacker and a safety on Kyle Pitts. And they said, hey, you're going to have to beat us a different way because our front four is going to put pressure on you regardless. And they did, especially towards the end of the game, where we would have seen Kyle Pitts rack up some of that extra yardage, you know, possibly, you know, a couple touchdowns. That didn't happen. I'm not freaking out, though. I think that Kyle Pitts, it's his first game as a tight end in the league. I know he played receiver a little bit over there, but I'm not freaking out. Are you freaking no, out? He's, I mean, maybe, well, at first, but then when the logical part of me came back in, then no, I'm fine. <laughs> Kyle Pitts has a very big, he's obviously like basically the wide receiver number two in this offense. Gage is not it. Um, he's not Kyle, taking separation. He's can't, he can't at all. And, uh, I mean, Pitts is gonna, Pitts is gonna have his weeks. It's just remember just, uh, Justin Jefferson last season after week four, everyone was like, what's happening with Justin Jefferson. And then he like blew off and became the rookie of the year. So yeah, I'm not too worried. No, he did run the routes. He saw the targets. He's he, we saw everything we wanted to see. It just didn't convert over good process, rough week. Hey, Thank you for coming on, Britt, and helping me out with this. 
real quick, we're going to over to another show. If you all want to come check us out and listen to the Washington football team, go to youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. Once again, that's youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. And go follow us over there. Give us a little subscribe. And then go check out our Washington football team show. We'll be over there in about five or so minutes. But before we leave, Britt, where can we find you? What you got going on? Um, so I write for fightingchancefantasy.com. And I'm on Twitter at Britt underscore Flynn. With an I, not a Y, because it's phonetic. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, now, you guys can go check out all of our content over there, like I said, uh, at youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. If you guys want to go follow our written content, I believe we have now three or four weekly articles articles scheduled to come out. You guys can go find those at fantasyintervention.com. You guys can go find a lot of my written work at playerprofiler.com. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at FF underscore intervention. Go follow fantasy football or i'm sorry fantasy intervention on twitter as well at join our circle underscore and big shout out to fantasy football discussion you guys are awesome in the group make sure you guys go play on thrive thrivefantasy.com you get prop bets and if you go sign up now and you enter promo code marcus then they will match your deposit yes that's right they will match your deposit up to 100 dollars. go check out thrivefantasy.com thank you guys for listening thank you Britt, for coming on and thank you all for letting us intervene with your fantasy football life we're out So trophysmack.com. See, they got these trophies that are like three or four feet tall. Like they're insane. You can get one like fishbowls on it. You can get one with like bobbleheads on it. It is sick, man. You guys got to go check out trophysmack.com. I mean, you heard it. Ian didn't even know. And he literally vouched for the company without even knowing the news vouching for it. Go check out trophysmack.com. While you're there, go enter in promo code CIRCLE. Once again, that's promo code CIRCLE. You will get a free ring valued at 60 bucks. So go check out trophysmack.com. Go enter in the promo code CIRCLE. Get your free ring.